Hello, everyone, and welcome to Orange Power Half Hour. As always, I'm here with my dad, Shane Smithin. I'm Shelby Myers. We are a dad duo sports talk. Um, dad, let's get into it. Um, finally uh, coming off a dub again. Feeling good. Feels a lot better than the uh, two trips north of the border. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, it did not to say that it wasn't uh, scary at times. And not to say that we uh, crushed it because we did not. <laughs> well, it wasn't uh, it wasn't an offensive uh, juggernaut of a performance, that's for sure. Um, I think everybody thought that it could be that way a little bit. Iowa yep. State, uh, despite the bad record, is uh, I think statistically almost in every category uh, the best defense in the in the Big Twelve. So yes, sir. Uh, you match the best defense up in the Big Twelve with an offense that is re- really struggling and. Um, you know, playing with uh, playing without their their starting quarterback now for for the third week in a row to start the game, and you know it, it had all the makings for uh, you know for another tough ones. And again, you know, it's not like Cowboys went out and put up a, t- a ton of points, but uh, mm-hmm. they did enough to get the job done. And and really, I think even though Iowa State's offense isn't hasn't been great this season. Um, you know, you, you still got to take your hat off to the defense. Uh, the defense had not played well in the state no. of Kansas the last two weeks. Uh, Terrible. I think that's a massive understatement. Um, but they but they bowed up and they were they were super tough, only giving up 14 points Saturday and um, b- bought enough time, I guess, um, for for Oklahoma State to feel like um, that they could go ahead and take a gamble, putting uh, you know Superman in the game, and I, mm-hmm. I, I mean that's ex- that's exactly what happened. The, uh, the Cowboys were in trouble, you know. There was there was peril. There were women and children in danger. And, and Spencer <laughs> Sanders goes into the phone booth, and he comes out with Said, the cake. Don't worry and, about it, and uh, and save the day. Yeah, and the the bat signal was lit um, from from our seats for sure. If I remember correctly, I think we were. We're all calling for um, just something different to get everybody to get everybody going. Um, but yeah, the Pokes come out on top um, against Iowa State, twenty to fourteen, um, and somewhat of a nail biter there at the very end. And I think we should go ahead and get into our primary Pokes, Dad, because I do think that it will be the center of the conversation today about the Iowa State game. So give me your primary Poke, as if it could be anybody else. Well, yeah, my Marshall uh, has to go to Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, um, as we said, kind of, kind of came in and saved the day. And and I don't want uh, I don't want what we're saying about Spencer to to sound like a, a huge criticism or indictment of no of, of Gunner in this game. No, no, of, no, no. It's not a dig Rangel. at Gunner at all. It's just a hats off to Spencer. Right, or or Garrett Rangel, but for because sure. Here's here's the truth of the matter: both Garrett and Gunner uh, just unfortunately aren't uh, aren't the caliber of runner than that Spencer Sanders is mm-hmm. and through no fault of theirs the Cowboys have not been able to muster a, a legitimate running game a traditional running game this year we have been uh, pretty poor up front in in terms of run blocking and so when you throw a, a Garrett Rangel or a Gunner back there who are primarily guys that are going to throw the football uh, the defenses can can treat you uh, in the one dimensional fashion yeah. that, that you're operating in, and they can pin their ears back and and bring a lot of pressure. Now all of a sudden you insert Spencer Sanders in the game, and you have that threat of him taking off and being the being the running game. And man, it just changes everything. And, and you could mm-hmm. see that on the the little pop pass to Jaden Nixon uh, yeah. as much as anything else. I mean, 
he sells quarter, he sells quarterback sweet, basically tucks the ball under his right arm. It's a run mm-hmm. pass option. And, and, and everybody on the football field, the corner and the safety on that side, both come up because their primary concern is stopping Spitzer Sanders feet. When they yeah. both commit, he just dumps it over the top to Jaden for an easy score, but that's the the extra dimension that he brings to the game. Yeah, he uh, Spencer Sanders is my marshal as well. Um, like I said, we didn't really have a choice picking anybody else this game, um, and rightfully so. He's just so uh, he's so complex. His his quarterback game is so complex, and you're exactly right. Um, what you said, the defense it puts them in a, in a bind because they've got to defend absolutely everything. Um, and again, not a dig to to Gunner or Garrett, um, but the experience and the comfortability on the field is obviously not something that they're going to, you know, have down pack at this point. And I think that, you know, when you, when you've come off two really, really disappointing losses and, and everybody's feeling um, the anxiety of that, I think just the comfortability of seeing three, I know as fans, that's what we felt. We saw him run on the court and it was just like a, okay, we, we've, we've got some comfortability now that we can, uh, that we're used to. And I think the players felt that on the, uh, as well, you know, the defensive side of the ball improved a lot better when, when Spencer is out there. And I, I think that's a testament to who he is as a player and what he means to this team, because, you know, everybody played better when he was in. Yeah, I think I think Coach Gundy even made a comment about that. He said, you know, it's just human nature when you're out there and you've got a teammate out there on the field that you know is not 100%, yet he's going to saddle up and ride. For sure. I, I think it's just natural to to give him a little more effort. And, yeah, and agreed. I, I can remember, I think it was maybe, uh, I think it was maybe Brennan Presley. He had a ball that that Gunner threw to him a little earlier in the game was a tick high, you know, but, but one, he got both hands on and, for sure. and he, and he doesn't catch it. Well, he, he gets that same ball thrown to him by, by Spencer, you know, about two and a half minutes later, almost mm-hmm. in the sp- same spot of the field, if I remember right. And he does catch it, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's not, obviously these guys are, are, are trying regardless who's yeah, out there, sure. but I'm just saying you're getting everybody's maybe, maybe everybody's tuned in just a little bit more. Maybe everybody's digging just a little bit deeper and, and, and probably a little bit more calm and relaxed because yeah. Spender, Sp- Spencer does have all that experience. I mean, you see him out there just calmly, you know, directing traffic and telling yeah, you guys where to go. Yeah, you kind of just exhale a little bit. Yeah. And the playbook, the playbook is completely at your disposal oh. when, when he's in the game because, like uh, Coach Gundy said, you, you know, you yeah, he talked about and, this five years ago if you want to and Spencer knows it yeah I think that's the other thing too that you know I think from an outsider's perspective you look and you're like oh my god you know Spencer's so much better than Gunnar or Garrett he came in and blah 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 and yeah he's he is better right now than both of them um but the our playbook expanded so much the second that Spencer walked out on the on the field he's been oh, here yeah. forever he's comfortable with the playbooks you know I think uh Coach Gunny said in his post game, um, you know, at that point we can do whatever we want and we get to throw the whole, you know, game plan that we had out the window and just run Spencer's, you know, Spencer's, you know, the cream of the crop for him. So, um, well, there's no, there's no experience, uh, there's no substitute for experience. And, you, right. you know, you said Spencer's, Spencer's better than those guys. Spencer's also better than Spencer was as a freshman or Spencer was as a sophomore. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you know, he's down. now a very seasoned, uh, football player that's got all that experience. And, um, you know, it, it certainly made the difference in the yeah. game Saturday. 
yeah, he's gotten so much better every year, um, which means he would be even better next year. Uh, so any oh, of please, you please, 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 would please. like to donate to the NIL package that I hope is <laughs> getting put together right now, uh, keep in mind that we uh, we need to be campaigning for that a little bit um, or a lot of bit. Dad, let's talk. Uh, we'll, we'll get off Spence for just a second. Give me your uh, deputy. Well, I, I I struggled a little bit on this. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with Kendall Daniels. Um, mm. <clears throat> although Kendall just, I'm going to tell you, I just you barely, <laughs> barely in my book uh, nudged out uh, Jabbar Muhammad. I thought both those guys yeah, played outstanding football. Um, you know, of course, Kendall had uh, the interception. He, he mm-hmm. caused a fumble. He had, I think, led the team with 10 team tackles. Um, mm. he's really starting to, to, to get the, the mental aspect of it figured out. He's, he, you know, he's a absolute physical freak. I mean, the guy's yeah. just a, a tremendous athlete. And yeah. I think and he ran for, uh, he ran for 12 yards after that interception. So he's got a little, yeah, a little more yeah. in him. I, I don't think I'll find anybody that'll take this bet, but if anybody wants to bet me that kid's going to, he's going to have a pick six before he's done. There's just no two ways about it. He's too athletic, but uh, I, I thought Kendall right. played outstanding. Agreed. Yeah. I um, actually had Kendall written down here as well for my deputy, but um, since we already talked about him, I think I would go uh, JP Richardson. I don't know that we've given him a ton of love this season. And if we haven't, it's um, it's our fault because I think he is uh so calm and collected and he didn't, he didn't drop very many and to have somebody that reliable in that position is, is pretty big time. Um, and I, you know, he obviously had the huge catch from uh gunner that resulted in a touchdown. Um, and that was really big to even, you know, know that we could do that with, with that kind of, uh, personnel. So I thought that was a really big, um, statement. And, uh, I don't know if you saw this dad, did you see the clip of Spencer running with him? Running with JP I, on that touchdown. I, I hadn't seen that clip, but I did hear about it. Somebody, yeah, that was uh, somebody cool. said Spencer was about that ran almost as fast or as fast as JP yeah. did down the sideline. But I'm glad you mentioned JP because JP because he has been uh, he's been he's been money all season yep. long, and uh, he, like you said, he catches everything that he touches, and he catches a bunch of stuff over the middle. I was glad to see him get a an opportunity to to show off his wheels because I do think he's. Um, faster than than people give him credit for, and and uh, and that was a beautiful ball from from Gunner. I mean, JP never had to break stride; that he dropped that one right in the bread basket. Yeah, that was that was uh, perfect. Um, let's move on into uh, Cowboy combos. What you got from this week? Give me your Marshall Star rating. We were all black, well, of course. Yeah, all black with the uh, matte black helmets. Um, uh, just another, you know, stellar look from the Cowboys and, you know, another, mm. another, oh, you didn't like it. I don't know, Shane. Wow. It's not, it's well, not I'm giving that... them, I'm giving them four Marshall stars. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I, I gave 3.75. Hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty low score for oh any my gosh, combination we're po- that we, we wear. Okay. We're 0.25 off from each other, but Okay. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just I, saying, what, what, what didn't you like about this? Okay. The helmets, it's not that they're bad. It's just that we have cooler options. 
Okay, you don't you don't like the matte black, or you just didn't like the traditional OSU I, brand logo. Or? I like the matte black. I like the traditional OSU logo. I needed I needed something else. I needed a. You just you wanted know, a little flash in there. I somewhere. wanted to give me a give me a little something special for blackout. I okay. thought we do you know the barbed wire. Um, I think it's on a Marshall Star yeah. helmet. Um, I thought we'd get, give him a little something to to go crazy about. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Three points. Well, I'm guessing this is, I don't know for sure, but uh, it won't surprise me if, if they don't save the, the, uh, the uh, barbed wire helmet for uh, senior night. Okay. Okay. We'll see if you're right. Um, yeah. And then let's move right on into rowdy review. What do you think about the crowd this week? Well, not, not as good as it had been uh, the, the two prior weeks we had really started to round into you know, I thought some outstanding crowds and, and I think, uh, we maybe gave them five, five stars, the, the last home game. This one was sold out, but I think coming off the, the two losses in Kansas, um, you know, we, we had some people give up on us and, and, yeah. and showed up as empty seats. And I, I don't know, I don't know what it takes to get over that hump. I, I just hope we get there someday. Uh, people can t- say that it has to do with losing those two games on the road. I'm not going to completely buy that. University of Nebraska ha- hadn't hadn't yeah. won a handful of football games. It doesn't seem like in the last 20 years they yeah. sell it out every time. Nebraska is not a, 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 a real heavily populated state either, just like the state of Oklahoma isn't. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, my hat's off to the crowd that was there. Obviously, yes. it, was, uh, it was pretty crisp and – and cool. And, and that I suppose could have kept some people away, but, um, you know, it wasn't a bad crowd at all. I, I don't no, know. It the, wasn't. I don't know if they ever announced the, the actual physical attendance. Of course it was technically a sellout, but yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would guess there were probably, you know, eight, maybe seven to 8,000 seats scattered throughout the stadium that, that weren't full. And yeah, I'd probably um, say six, I, seven. I, I hope we get to the point where, where we it fill doesn't matter. One of those. But the yeah. ones that were there were were loud and and uh, and did a good job and you know it was a, a tough game and we needed we needed every one of us that were there. Yeah. So what's your uh, Marshall Star rating? Oh, I'm gonna give them. Uh, I'm gonna give the crowd a, a, a four out of five. All right. I think I'm sticking with my three point seven five. I was a little disappointed. Apparently, not everybody caught last week's Orange Power Half Hour episode when I told everybody that they needed to be there. Right. Or get their tickets sold to somebody who was going to show up. Apparently, you guys didn't listen. That's fine. Whatever. I'll forgive you if you come to a West Virginia game. There you go. So, um, really quick, Dad, give me your loyal and true for this week. Your little tradition, um, segment, and then we got to we got to talk bedlam. Um, yeah. So for for my for my loyal and true, I don't know if I've if I've talked about this before or not, but uh, I, I'm just going to go with uh, uh, with with Larry Reese, you know, mm. he, the, he's the, the voice of the Cowboys, the, the public address guy for football and basketball and does such an outstanding job. And, and I, I think kind of specifically <clears throat> the, one of the things I love during the uh, pregame festivities, when the band's out there is when Larry says, you know, here comes bullet and, and bullet mm. comes out on the field. That's always kind of been a, a really, a really cool thing to me. Yeah. Um, small shout out to Larry Reese. Larry Reese announced my th- hats off to dad actually for coming up with this surprise, but he announced, um, 
my husband and I and our wedding party at our wedding over the the loudspeakers. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so that was a, shout out that to was a really really cool deal. Yeah, shout out to Larry Reese. Um, yeah, you just can't you can't beat the voice. I mean, no. I, I tell I tell him nearly every time I see him, I'm so jealous of his voice. I can't yes. stand it. Hey, and let me tell you, for those of us that aren't um, athletically talented enough to have Larry Reese say your name. Like I just said, he got to say it at my wedding. And although it wasn't at a sporting event, it still it still felt right. Just so everybody knows if if you ever get him a chance to corner him, you should have him announce your name. It's pretty special. Um, all right, Dad. How about that- yours? You didn't give us your loyal and true. Oh, sorry. I'm so excited to talk about them. Um, my loyal and true is actually um bullet as well and i feel like this is how what i say at this segment every week but now that i have a little girl all this stuff just gets to be special all over again for me but she loves bullet right now um bullet and peep are pete are her people um but so getting to to watch her you know kind of connect the dots that when we get a touchdown bullet comes out is is really special so and he's just you know, he's, he's a badass looking horse too. Um, so that's a cool thing for the university, cool thing for the kids. And, and he's pretty special. All right. Okay. Are you ready now? You want to, yep. You want to talk a little bedlam? I want to talk a little bedlam. It's that week. If you happen to, uh, you know, like the crimson and cream one, I don't know why you're listening in the first place, but two, you should stop listening now. Um, because <laughs> if, and I know, no hate just, this week means a little bit more. And if you are loyal and true, you know that that's true. It just means more than all the other games. Am I right or am I wrong? I I think the only thing that you said wrong was no hate. Okay. Okay. I was going to make, <laughs> I didn't know if we were like really going to put it out there, but if you're going to put it out there, I'll put it out there with you. Yeah. It's all, it's all hate. It's no love. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is hate week. What are you talking about? <laughs> it this is. is what it is. You're right. I'm yeah, glad I mean, I, you know, Hey, in the words of, in the words of coach Boyton, we don't like them. We I don't, mean, that's, like the, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, yep. They don't like us. We don't like them. Nothing good for the us is good for them. Vice versa. Um, okay. You know, it's, uh, that's just kind of how it is. So. It's a, it's an interesting um, week for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you put the rivalry on it and you put OU leaving the Big 12 on it. And there's, you know, not going to be many bedlams um, left. So that's that's big in itself. That's huge in itself. And then you put on OU's only won five games. So they're, they're fighting to be bowl eligible. And, yeah. Go ahead. It's well, it's just, yeah, from, from those standpoints, it's, it's really a weird dynamic because – yes. Um, they have not, you know, they have not had a, a good season. And I feel like, you know, I think this is one of those years where if Oklahoma State was healthy, um, I don't think there's any question, even mm-hmm. though the game's in Norman, that we could go down there and take care of business, particularly, uh, you know, having having won the game last year. So you've got a lot of guys still on the team that, that know they can do it, have yeah. done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, but it's, it is a little bit weird because – of the fact that they are fighting for uh, bowl eligibility and the fact that the Cowboys are so dinged up, it, it kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know who has more pressure on them. Yeah, right? I mean, OU's got a true. lot of pressure on them to kind of right the ship and, and, and keep a, a, a bad season from becoming a tragic season. And mm-hmm. Oklahoma state's got some pressure on them to, to not go down there and, and lose to, you know, quite frankly, one of the one of the worst OU football teams in the past you know, mm-hmm. several years. So, yeah, um, 
I just I just wish OSU was healthy. You know, I I think somebody gave me the statistic the other day. I think it was my my brother Corb said. You know, we we uh, we started the Iowa State game we with without fourteen of the original twenty two starters that Oof. we had on both sides of the ball, and that Tough. is. That is a huge difference, um, and and I don't think everybody you know that that follows. I mean, if you follow Oklahoma State, you know this. If you follow it closely, but you know the guys on the Sports Animal and places like that. I don't. I don't think they even know that you know Trace Ford is is out or you know. Yes. There, there's uh, uh, you know, or there, Tyler Lacey has been out. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how many people notice that that stuff. Those are two tremendous. Tremendously good football players oh. along the defensive front that we've been without. Yeah, um, two of our best. We've got two of our best offensive linemen that we've been out for the majority of the season. Now, the good thing is it did look like uh, this last week we got some of our wide receivers back. And, yes. And so we've got most that of those helps. guys, I think, back in the fold. I think Wilson um, might be good to go, This our center. <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, he's He's, you know, arguably the best offensive lineman that we, we have. So if yeah. he could come back and – and be moderately healthy and play. And then of course, you know, Spencer's going to go out there and, and, and give you whatever he's got, you yeah, know, even if sure. they have to tape and glue him together. Um, I just hope he, he feels well enough that he can, that he can function, you know, reasonably. If, if Spencer Sanders can go out there and, and be 80% of what Spencer Sanders can be completely healthy, he'll still be the best football player on the field. Yeah. Well, he's too competitive for that shit to go 80% anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody at this point has has seen and heard that quote, and and that's just that's quintessential Spencer Sanders right there. Yep, yep. that is him in a nutshell. Um, one of the reasons why why we love him. Um, yeah, it's a big week. OU's gonna. Uh, it's in Norman. It's six thirty kick. I know you and I have debated back and forth whether that is a a good or bad or indifferent um thing. I. That makes me the kickoff time makes me a little nervous. I think that's a lot of time for for their, you know, fan base to to get rowdy and ready and drunk and all the other things. Um, so I think it'll well, I, just I think, think it'll be a packed house. I think there'll be a lot of people wanting to catch every, you know, bedlam that they can catch until there's no more bedlam. So it's gonna be it's gonna be rowdy for sure, but I don't know that it wouldn't have been whether it had been at, you know, two thirty or eleven. Well, that's probably true. I, I just, you know, throw the bedlam thing out the window. I think generally speaking, if you're going to go play on the road, you probably, your first choice would be to play at 1130 and hope mm-hmm. you catch everybody kind of sleepy. Your next choice is going to be 230 and, and your last choice is going to be to play at night because of what you said, because people getting, uh, getting a little bit uh, uh, rowdy as the day mm-hmm. goes on. And, uh, but it's going to be a big one. And I, I think, I think what you said is an excellent point. All of the stuff that typically goes into bedlam is just, is just amped up that much yeah. more because the end of this series is coming. Uh, because if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you know you feel like, you know you feel like a, um, a business partner, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, went behind went behind your back and did you dirty, and, and so yeah, uh, you've got some additional motivation from that standpoint to, you know, to want to beat them on their way out the door. Yeah, we pretty much both sides. Um, you know, both teams have so much on this game. Uh, you know, I've I mentioned both eligibility for OU, new head coach for OU. Um, you know, they had all that all, all that turmoil with you know their with Riley and you know Caleb leaving and going to USC. 
they're mad about all of that. They're going to go enter the SEC, a very and you know a very impressive SEC, and they have not been impressive this year. So they got all that going on in their world, and then you know we're we're not we're not one hundred percent. You know we don't want to lose any of the bedlams from here on out with with OU being the one to dip out. You know you want to you want to come out on that series on top for sure and st- and stay that way. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot there's a lot riding on it. It kind of feels like a pressure cooker this week that's just going to explode on Saturday and we'll basically just be holding our breath until the time runs out, I guess. And, you know, and on the Oklahoma state side, it's still math- mathematically possible for Oklahoma state to get in the big 12 championship if they can win out. So are I mean, you, we have are to you have cursing some help us by saying point. it out loud or are you manifesting it by saying it? Out no, loud? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying we have to take care of our side of it and, and, beat OU and Norman and then and then come home and beat West Virginia and hope and if K-State uh, the, wants to lose cool yeah hope <laughs> that the uh, Kansas State Wildcats uh, have a couple of bad weeks yeah well that sounds good to me dad why don't we do it like that sound um, like a plan I want to touch on I just got home we're recording this on Monday night I just got home from the Cowgirls uh, basketball game. Um, they played ORU, beat ORU 103 to 66. I think ORU is down this year, so I'm not about to hype this up that it's a super impressive win. However, I will tell you, I know cowgirl or I know girl basketball has is not you know a huge you know ticket revenue thing for Oklahoma State or honestly, pretty much anywhere in the country. I know women's basketball is a little uh, doesn't get a lot of love, and I can say that I you know. I was a a basketball player of, you know, the very, the very lowest caliber. Um, but it's a good ball club. Coach Hoyt knows what she's doing. The girls play phenomenal together. It looks like my husband and I just got back. It looks like they've played together for their whole lives. Their offense flows so well. They can, they've got some shooters. Oh my God. I know you don't think of, you know, girls being, being great shooters, but man, they can shoot the ball. Um, 11 has this super pretty three point shot. Claire can do whatever she wants on the court. You know, she can play big. She can hit the deep three, whatever. I'm just telling you, if you haven't been to a game, you need to get to one because they know what they're doing. I think coach Hoyt's got that program going right where it needs to go, but there were no butts in the seats. And I know dad, you are in Woodward right now, so I won't yell at you. But if you were in Stillwater tonight and you weren't there, I'm yelling at you because it was well, good. Well, we've, you know, I, I I do live in Woodward and, and have been to uh, to two girls games already. So, um, you know, if I can if I can make it to a couple from this far away, <clears throat> people that are closer certainly can and <clears throat> need to get over there and support that squad. And you've uh, first thing I have to do though is is be a dad. And it, you you referred to yourself as a basketball player of the lowest caliber. Shame, that, shame. We don't need to be doing this. Ab- absolutely not true. I mean, I, I've seen you make seven three pointers in a playoff game. Oh so. my, my dad, now, ladies and gentlemen, he's he's my dad. He's yeah, hey, you, you, see, you know, you're always doesn't matter how old you get. I'm still your dad. <laughs> but everything you've said about about uh, Coach Hoyt and the the cowgirl basketball team, I think is true. I think it's shocking. Uh, how much of a difference she's been able to make just in one off season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, really no, uh, don't mean to, to, to sound hateful toward the the prior staff or anything, but I watched a couple of games, you know, the last few years and, um, and it was not, uh, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable version of basketball to watch. 100%. I mean, it was a little, a little bit of a grind and points were tough yep. to come by and, 
and man, uh, Coach Hoyt has them getting up and down the floor. And, oh man, and, yeah, and looking smooth doing it too. It's not like we're uh, they're running up and down the floor and, and taking a bunch of wild shots and no. just doing it with volume. Uh, they're shooting, doing it, and shooting a, a pretty high percentage. And then and then playing at the other end too, you know, playing good defense. So yeah, she she completely changed the complexity of the program in an off season. So uh, hats off to her, and I hope they can they keep keep it going, and she can get the cowgirls in the tournament. Yeah, totally agreed. And then um, on the boys' side, um, you know, I think we were all a little a little nervous um, after the last couple of games, but then yesterday. Um, they went down and played Oakland on that brown court of theirs, and um, who who beat us last year early in the season, and looked looked so much better than the game uh, before that. Um, they came out on top, ninety one sixty two. So that that looked better. They shoot, they shot way better in the Oakland gymnasium than they do at GIA. But hopefully, we can get some get back home after this Bahamas tournament and get some shots up in GIA and be a little bit better at home. Yeah, the uh, you know jumping back to the game before that Southern Illinois game. I mean, that's you just have to call that what it is, and that was a really bad loss. Cowboys were up, yep. I think, sixteen in the second half. Certainly, at least fourteen had maybe a uh, you know more than a double digit lead with uh, you know around ten minutes left to go in the game, and and just went ice cold, and and then did a terrible job of uh, of shooting free throws down the stretch, and. Um, some of that stuff has been uh, a problem for Oklahoma State the past few years. So you really start to, you know, wonder, gosh, is, you know, is three point shooting and free throw shooting going to be an issue again? And like you said, they really turned it around at Oakland and, and shot an outstanding percentage from three point uh, range. I think they were, um, I think they were closer to 50% than yes. 40% in that game. Yep. And <clears throat> only missed two or three free throws in, in, in throughout the entire game. So I thought that two of the new guys, uh, John Michael Wright and, and yes. Caleb Asbury, oh, both fun. shot the ball outstanding from uh, the three-point line. And, uh, boy, those guys, they, they had, they had a great game. Avery Anderson had a great game. Yes, he did. Yeah. Happy for them. Hoping that they can kind of use that, um, as motivation for the, for the rest of the year. And maybe that, that tough loss, um, will be the only one we have for, for a long while. Let's hope. Um, I, I don't think it's realistic to think that Cowboys are going to shoot, you know, nearly 50% no, from the three, it's not three point line, but if they can, kind of average you know average those first few games out and shoot somewhere you know in the in the 35 to 38 percent range well we'll take that all day for sure uh, the cowgirl basketball team plays uh next on thursday 11 17 at missouri state at 6 p.m you can watch it on espn plus and then the boys play uh friday um well this will be the next home game or no this is their bahamas tournament which unfortunately i guess we won't be attending did you not buy me a ticket to the bahamas did i forget to do that i'm sorry shane i didn't i didn't know you wanted to go all right we'll talk about this later um they play friday um against ucf um and i'm don't know tv wise how how that works with the bahamas i'm sure you can watch it somewhere don't have it in front of me um, and then, of course, we've got Bedlam up for football on Saturday, 630 kick in Norman. If you're brave enough and you want to wear orange in Norman to the game, please do. This is the only time I will not convince or try to sway any Oklahoma Stater from going to the game. 
solely out of uh you know protection for yourself but yeah and your and your automobiles and your yeah dad's had a couple (laughs) instances. we won't get in it we've had a couple instances anyways protect yourselves if you go to the game um but if you want to brave it brave it be loud for all of us um who who won't be in attendance um but uh i think that's uh about it dad unless you got anything else well i just i'll just end with this uh quick story the story of the two guys OSU fan and OSU fan about to get executed. And they asked the OU fan, what's your last request? And he said, I just want to hear a boomer sooner one more time. And then they turned to the OSU fan. They say, what's your last request? He said, shoot me first. (laughs) Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, I think that's it for orange power half hour this week. Um, happy bedlam, happy OU hate week. Uh, let's go get it this Saturday, um, and be the best in Oklahoma. Um, we're sponsored by swing hats company, uh, links in the description below. If you want to get some gear, um, that's it for orange power half hour. Go pokes. Go pokes.